Hi, everybody. A uh, portion of Re'eh. You know, the word Re'eh is to see, to have a vision. And the portion started in a very interesting uh, concept. You shall see, I'm bringing in front of you a blessing and a curse. And God suggests, please choose the blessing. I mean, obviously, from an intellectual point of view, it's a difficult concept. Who wouldn't choose life? Who wouldn't choose life? And maybe we should ask a better question, I think, would be, what is life? Is life is every time you fulfill the area of your life that you're lacking something? Or life is when you fulfill other who don't have something? I mean, let's, let's discuss it for just a minute and understand the concept of joy. You know, when we think about joy, when you think about the concept of joy, you would agree with me that joy is a kind of a concept which has to do relative to the individual. For some people, joy, well, to get the money they want, to get the food they want, to get fulfilled to their addiction or lust that they have, meaning they have a certain aspect of desire, and by them, by them receiving the fulfillment for that aspect of that desire, that's what's called joy. For other people who elevate themselves a little bit higher, their need and desire and fulfillment is no longer the main goal. They look at people family member, children, wife, husband, friend, neighbor. They look at people as how can I fulfill their desire? And by doing that, they're no longer related to the blessing and the curse from a point of what about me? It's going to be what about the universe? What about other people? And of course, that's split two to two. Because what type of fulfillment you're looking for yourself or what type of fulfillment you're looking for others is what you look to give others is exactly what you would wish to have for yourself. That's when if all what you care about is bread, then only bread you can give to others. A person cannot give something he didn't think about or they didn't think about. So it's a complicated thing. What is blessing? What is curse? If somebody is addicted to drug, then getting that addiction fulfilled seems to be a blessing from his point of view. From everybody around point of view, it's a disaster. That person killing themselves. Person who's unhealthy has some sugar in their, their blood. I love to eat sweet. No, no, sir, it's a blessing. It's a curse. But from their point of view, it's a blessing. So how can we understand curse and blessing? Let's add another thousand question. You're about to get married. How do you know that's a blessing or a curse? You open business. You have a business. You want to open how do you know that's good or bad? 
You're about to have children. How do you know it's good and bad? Nobody knows the future. You can buy a house today in an area that don't seem what you're looking for, and that turned into the fanciest area ever, let's say in Los Angeles. Rodeo was not always Rodeo. Beverly Hills was not always Beverly Hills. How do you know? How would you able to have re'e, re'e means to vision, to see, to be foreseen what's coming, what's the tools that God is giving you that you shall choose life. And I want to relate to Rav Ashlag, because Rav Ashlag talk about taste the flavor of the study of spirituality, and then you know it tastes good. I have to tell you, I'm running Minyanim here since a long time ago. I wouldn't tell you everybody's excited when I look at their faces. Some of them are into it, some of them are not. But prayer on Shabbat and Torah on Shabbat is very powerful. So if it's powerful and it's good, why not every human being experiencing it the same? Why not? If it's good. So from here we learn what Rav Ashtag writes. You should test and see that God is great. But some people taste and see that God is terrible. People blaming God for everything. Is it God to be blamed? Don't know. We're going to find out soon. So we need to have the discussion in our minds, specifically now, you know, 40 days from Rosh Hashanah. We need to have the discussion why some of us experience life tough and some of us experience life good and we're all in the same movie. We all went to the same movie called Life. We all went to the same boss called the Creator, God. But for some of us, it's bad news. And for some of us, good news. So it cannot be determined that choose good has to do with the giver. Has to be the choose good has to be with the receiver point of view. Because the giver gives the same. So how come some people experience it? Can't take it anymore. For other people, oh, that's lovely. And before I'm going into what Sfatement has to say about it, I want you just to think about it. If I will give you education how to make 17 million for this year, but you have to study non-stop and you only have three hours to sleep at night, but you're gonna make the 17 million because what you want is 17 million. Now, is your sleeping will bother you or you will be motivated because you're receiving 17 million? So if you know you're receiving 17 million, what happened? You don't worry about the sleep or your body because your mind is working on the 17 million you're going to receive in December next year. So 17 million, it's a lot of money. So you don't sleep a lot, you suffer, you get humiliated, problem, you forget to eat, you sleep on the couch. But all you sleep on the couch, you're dreaming about the 17 million. So, to choose life, is that mean to choose getting what you want, and that's what motivates you to get it? Or, 
You choose what the Creator thinks is good for you. I choose whatever gives me joy right now. We're looking around. We look at the young couple. And they have no idea what they're doing. Everybody chasing their reactive reflex beast inside of their soul. Because we know we have a soul level of human. And below the soul level of human, you have the beast level. Sometimes I see husband and wife in the restaurant. Eat whatever, it's there. And just into the food, into the sex, into the physicality. It's almost slave to the body. For them, it's bachat bachaim. For them, it's they choose life. Because they take off the body, they live longer, they, they, they do yoga, they do breathing. What else you get out there? They eat vegan. Beautiful life, but it's all for the body. So is it bachat bachaim? Well, I'm sorry to break it down to you, but the news, that's what the news said, the body going to die. That's what the body meant to be doing. You're investing with the wrong partner. You're investing with the partner that's supposed to die, called the body. The soul is the partner in you, stay alive forever. Everything, everything forever. So what is Bacharta Bachaim? You choose for the one who stay alive. This is, again, this is my understanding of Avashlag, Svatimet, and other commentary. So I like to start the Pasha with my idea of what I think. And it doesn't mean you should adapt that way of thinking, but it's something to think about. I think it will be, it's, it's, it's fair to share it with you, and it's fair from your point of view to think about it. What are you investing every day? Who are you investing with? When you're thinking about happiness and life, body or soul, who you want to rejuvenate more, your body or soul? I'm not saying don't take care of your body, health, pills, vitamin, food, uh, bicycle, what else, gym, all this and that. But are you doing it for the body for, per se? Or are you doing it for the soul per se? I mean, what, what's your purpose here? Is your purpose is you need the body to be healthy so the soul can stay as long as possible so you can do all the good things spiritually or you are taking over the body because you know soul can stand you and your behavior and the soul just want to get out of that body. So what you do, you keep the body healthy to make sure the soul stay and by that you stay alive. Whoever understand what I just said, it's kind of deep. Which way? So that's why I say, Re'e, see, I'm giving you bracha veklala. Bracha veklala. Gdushat alavi, Re'anu, bracha veklala. Ayom, today, what is the ayom? You have to get excited every day. That's what Gdushat alavi say. Rabbi Levitzchai Uberdichov. And Rabbi Elamelech. You have to find a way to get excited every day from the spirituality. I see some of these people who come here, and the time the people get excited, it's when the prayer is over, the Torah is over, and there is wine and cake. I'm not blaming them. They never develop the soul. They develop their body. So when you develop the body, food, wine, end of the prayer, because the prayer and the Torah is for who? For the body? No, it's for the soul. So don't turn it into, how can I be comfortable when I pray? How can I be comfortable when I study Torah? Get, get out of this. That's the comfort you're looking for is for the body. You know, and 
That's why it's, you can study spirituality, but you're not going to be able to do ayom as The excitement I have today. Let's say I'm going to pray, right? I want to pray. So if Debbie and me want to open uh, uh, another place so we can teach spirituality and human behavior and Kabbalah in the area of La Brea in LA. So we, we went there today, we had breakfast, we, we checked the people, see what, they, what they're all about, and we see if their mind will be able to receive such a knowledge like what we share, because it's not for everybody. You can wear a yarmulke and be super religious or cross or whatever it is, but it doesn't make you spiritual. It just makes you a religious person who still take care of the body, but has to do the pray. So what do you do? Between sandwiches, you go and pray to God. So you're not going to get choked. Why? Because you want the body to stay alive. Is it anything to do with the soul? Zero to do with the soul. Zero. You eat like an animal, but you do blessing before you eat like an animal. Why? Because I can, by doing blessing, I can steal some light and energy, and in the same time, I take care of my body. Not a bad deal, right? So you can steal, and that, that's the most dangerous area, by the way. The people, as, as Rabbi Lemelech write, that Bacharata Bachaim mean you have to be careful because a lot of time, don't worry about the person who's not into spirituality and religion at all. Because when you're not into religion or spirituality, you have a chance to become spiritual one day because right now, you're not about the body or the soul. It's the same for you. Better than a person who becomes spiritual or religious and they believe they're already there. So nobody can teach them. They're not coachable. And they're already there and, and they're doing worse mistakes than the person who didn't start yet. So if you're going to some spiritual group and you're going to some religious group, your chance of growing without an awakening of I'm giving you a curse and blessing. What is the blessing? If you listen, when? Today. So today somebody approach you in a restaurant and say to you, hey, I want to teach you how to pray. So I'm praying every day. I don't try to brag or to have ego. I mean, my wife can witness on that. I mean, if somebody approach me while I'm eating, say to me, I want to teach you how to pray. I think, I mean, I can witness on myself that that will... I mean, if the guy's not scary or crazy, or I will be very open. Because I feel it's a message from Hashem, from God, that I'm not doing something great with my prayer, with my charity, with something. Most people are not coachable, especially when they arrive to a certain place, especially when they have some slogan or title on their head, kippah or yamaka or head or, I don't know, priest. or got to be open. Having a title doesn't make you spiritual person. We have 40 days to Rosh Hashanah, the day that God judged all humanity. You're standing in front of the king of all creation, not just the king who created you. How can you not? You can deceive if you choose life. Because what you're getting in Rosh Hashanah is Chaim. Do you want to get Chaim? Then you have to define what life means for you. If you're thinking about getting your cocaine 
or getting whatever that you're addicted to, you're already dead. And when you say, I'm choosing life, no, you're choosing death because you're choosing an end. Chaim doesn't have an end. Chaim has continuation. Death is when you fulfill your own selfish need. I just want to open with that. I thought it would be important. Now, I'm moving to Sfat Emet, one of my favorite commentaries, those of you who don't know. If not, so you say, what is that? And he say, why God have to mention Klala Vebracha? God should mention only Bracha. So you say, it's written in the Zohar, HaKadosh. Shisurim la'adam, shebekablam ba'ava, when a person going through some pain, body pain, spiritual pain, emotional pain, humiliation pain, and you accept that pain with love, and a person is going back to God, to the Master, and believe that that pain is going through is because God cares about him. Because you can either have joy, pain, or nobody care about you. Like we study in the Zohar that explain uh, the mitzvah of Ochiach Tochiach Tamitecha. Ochiach Tochiach Tamitecha, the mitzvah say, you should uh, criticize your friend if he's doing the wrong thing. And there was many levels. The first level, you have to take him aside. The second level, you do it in front of his friend. The third level, you do it in front of everybody. What's the fourth? You ignore him. So if you don't go into no problem and you know you're doing the wrong thing, somebody up there gave up on you. So you're on the fourth level. So if you go into some pain, that's fundamental. If you go into some pain, that means God care about you. Right? You go into a dentist and he sends you to do a root canal. Not fun. But does that mean he care about you? Or he doesn't? You said, maybe he want my money. But what if you need a root canal? Does he care about you? Yes. Now when you go there, is it fun? No. Is it painful? Yes. Who need that? Nobody want to do that. But you're doing it because you care about your body or your teeth. The dentist is helping you because he care about your teeth too because you hire him to do so. So from here we learn, when you're going through some pain, and you realize, you know what? God caused me that pain, that loss of money, that look, all those pain I'm going through, just that I will be awake to change. Then you look at the pain you're going through as love of the Creator. So now you are Bacharta Bachaim. Now you're choosing life. Tell us this fundament. I'm giving you a blessing and a curse. It's up to you to turn the curse into a blessing. You have to be careful not to look at the curse by itself because that's avodah zarah. That's idol worshiping. So God give you a blessing, give you a curse. Now, some of you would ask, are you saying actually God giving us a curse? So of course. Pain, problem, bad neighbor. It's a curse. Can you turn that into a blessing? And in my neighborhood, where I live, I live here about five years, five and a half years. Everybody know what I'm doing. Everybody know from A to Z, 
that I'm running a place of spirituality, Kabbalah, everything. Everybody know my web. What's funny? Nobody from a street is kind of chasing something that I'm teaching. I mean, nobody in the neighborhood here even dream to teach it or understand it. If I would believe in this street and I heard there is somebody teaching it, I would stick to that door. But nobody. So I thought maybe I'm doing something wrong. But that's not the answer. It cannot be the answer. Even if I do something wrong and they don't like me, still the knowledge is, there's a lot of value in the knowledge. So why, why is that? Because again, like I explained before, it's not becoming your mission when you think you're already there. And because it's not your mission, you're losing what? You're losing dere'e. You no longer can see in front of you the difference between cursing and blessing. Because you're only chasing you what you miss and you try to fulfill it. Like a dog. I have a dog. And when the dog is hungry, he's next to me. He wants food. Well, those of you, dog lover, cat lover, I mean, I didn't meet yet a creature who loved me unconditionally. But if you do, I like to meet that creature. Yeah. Yeah, I know you have all those pictures with the dog going to the grave for the owner. Well, the owner feed him for 12 years. So I didn't find yet an animal who really elevated itself to be uh, sharing, even by, by not having a free will, even without free will. I saw a human being who sharing against their free will, against their desire. That's Bacharta Bachaim. Because now, what is difficult for you? What is your klala? Tell us this fundament. What is, what is difficult? What is difficult, think about it, is to forgive. Well, if you forgive, would you feel blessed? Of course. What is difficult? You're cheap. So you only give 5% of your income. You don't give 10, as the, as the Torah said. You cheat a little bit. You're a cheater. Look at the mirror right now. If you don't do it, don't tell me you don't give. Just go to the mirror and say, I'm a cheater when it comes to money. It's okay. At least, before you shall be honest with yourself, God will fix it for you. If you at least admit you're a cheater, and look at the mirror and say it, then after that, if you open say, God, can you fix me? God will fix you. But you have to say, I'm cheap, and I'm a cheater. I'm cheap. I'm just a cheap person. Because being cheap is a disease. It don't, it don't make you bad. You're not a bad person. And it's for everybody. Is Let's say, if you receive $1,200, and you didn't give 120 whatever you receive, $1.5 million, and you give 150 Whatever you give, you receive, I don't know, 71 million, you give 7 million. Or oh, all the way up, 500 million, can I give 50 million? But the people who make 500 million will have a difficult time to write a check for 50 million. And then to who? And then everybody becomes suspicious because they cannot reach the, the bracha. They're stuck in the klala. What is the klala? What is the klala? What is the klala? What is their klala? The klala that they don't have re'e. They don't have re'e, re'e mean to visualize, to be able to see the blessing. How do you see the blessing? By removing the klala. What is the klala? I'm worried about who? Me. I'm worried about my health. I'm worried about my money. I'm worried about who's my neighbor. I'm worried about who's taking it for me. So it's all day long I'm worried about what I'm supposed to receive. You think that's a blessing. Because since you were born, what they give you? They feed you, they breastfeed you, they change your diaper, change your... So... In the brain of a human being, we have two aspects. The body, when you feed the body, the body is happy. What about the soul? When the soul gives, the soul is happy. Which way it's going to go? 
If you go after the body, you're right. Giving is wrong. If you go after the soul, giving is the ultimate. So now when you have klala, when you have a curse, what is a curse being? Somebody take from you, not giving you. It's a curse. But for another person, when somebody take from you, it's still a, not comfortable, it's still a curse. But this fundament say, when you turn that curse into a blessing, you believe, let's say, you put the, 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 the you go to kosher restaurant, you put the food, and you go wash your hand to do a motzi. And when you come back, the food is gone. And you didn't do blessing on Netilati uh, Daim, those of you who know the covenant. What happened? Are you going to say, ah, blessing? Most probably that part of the food put on my table, not kosher. How happy you become in that moment? And then people of the restaurant say, oh my God, just somebody enter a food from a different restaurant by mistake and we serve three plates. One of them is yours, sir. Did you eat it? And say, no, I didn't eat it. Somebody stole it. And they look at you, wow. Look at this tzaddik. Look at this righteous. God is taking care of him by taking away his food. Yes, you pay $26 for that. But the food was not good. Let me make it easier for people who don't keep kosher. There's a poison in the food. Three plates came out and there is a poison that can make you sick for 20 days in your stomach. They come out and say, hey, don't eat it. Is it a curse or a blessing? So the person who stole your food was actually a messenger to help you or to curse you? It all depends how you look at life. How to see. How to see. It's all about that. When you look at people, are you judging them or you find the good with them? What's your POV? What's your point of view to look at them? Of course, the question is now, how do we get to this level? How do we get to this level that you add the blessing, you see the blessing, and you avoid yourself from the curse? Because a lot of time, you walk by Rodeo Drive, you just make some good money, you see a nice watch for 5000 for 10000 for if you have money for Pate Philippe, of course, that's like the ultimate, you know? Then you want to wear Pate Philippe for Shabbat. You want to make Onek Shabbat? To wear Pater Philippe. You know, like nice one on Shabbat, you walk with that, you feel Kedushat Shabbat with that. So you, you want to spend twenty, thirty thousand dollars on a watch that's expensive. So now you walk there. You got the watch and you're happy. You go down the street, you see that that watch is half a price in a different store. Now you're not happy. So your whole life is based on what you want and how much you lose of what you want. But can you imagine when you buy something for a gift? It's a sharing. It's a eh. Sharing. So now you start thinking from a different point of view. You start thinking from the point of giving it, giving advice, giving money, giving food. It's a whole different thing. All different thing. And it's need to be developed before Shalom. That's all what I'm saying. Now, how do you get to that level? So, how do we get to that level? So it's two things. It's not a lot. It's two things that the Ari said. And the Ari said like this. And I'm reading from, of course, Ta'ameh mitzvot from Rabbi Chaim Vital. And he's talking about kosher 
meat, not kosher food, kosher meat, which is kosher food as well, but kosher meat, and the secret of slaughtering. And we know that all idea is to have a kosher animal. It's not enough. So if you eat meat, you buy a meat of cow, goat, sheep, it's a kosher animal. So is it kosher meat? No. Why? The way the animal needs to be slaughtered has to be specifically perfect. Not specifically. Like special. It has to be perfection. And if there is one mistake, that meat that comes from kosher animal, make the meat that you eat not kosher. So what does this to do with your vision? Well, what do you think run in your blood? What do you think you have in your blood right now? Nefesh. Nefesh is the lowest level of the soul. So the food you put into your body is running your system, which is the bridge between the body and the soul. Remember the body? The body just wants for itself. Selfish. The soul just wants to give. So when it say you should choose between blessing and curse, you have to see the difference between blessing and curse. You have to see the bridge between a real and not real. So is meat is okay? Yes, if it was slaughtered in the right way, say Rabbi Chaim Vidal. Why? By eating, you purify the whole world. And by you eating them, whenever it is birds, kosher birds, kosher slaughtering, not enough kosher bird, kosher bird and kosher slaughtering. So it's have to be, whenever it's a kosher meat, it doesn't mean that when you buy a cow from every store, it's kosher. It's not. It's not. A lot of people tell me, it's a cow. How did you kill that cow? I shoot it. It's not kosher. The cow has to be slaughtered from the neck. On the back of the neck. Neck. The knife has to be sharp that the cow will not feel a thing. So the cow cannot suffer. The animal cannot suffer. The part where the soul of a reincarnation human being in the cow is to live from the neck. When you slaughter it, between the brain to the heart, it's the neck, that. And we have to bring it. There's a lot of reincarnation in the animal. Only if the slaughter, like the shochet, know what he's doing. Then only by slaughtering the animal, you allow to take that soul without suffering at all, go back to the bank of the soul and reincarnate to human again. So you cannot just buy an animal and eat. That's cruel. So people who kill animal, not in a kosher way, not only that the meat is not kosher, the people who eat that meat bring more disaster than the world than all the world together. Because they kill animal for no reason. You can only kill animal with this slaughtering so the animal will not suffer and be elevated. What about if you kind of have mercy on animal? You're allowed. But in this, if you have so much mercy, then I'm going, to, I'm going to test you. Can you see people killing cows and love them? If you cannot, then the mercy you have on a cow is take away the mercy that you might have on a human being. And that's why you don't have mercy in your heart. You just want to be right. So all the vegan lover you're allowed to be vegan. If when you see people eat steak, you don't judge them. Then you can be vegan. That's the day you can become vegan. 
But if you become vegan and you hate people who eat meat, you cannot become vegan. You can't. Because you have a hatred toward human and love toward animal. That means that your next lifetime you become a dog. Be prepared, start barking. You become an animal next lifetime because you love animal more than human. You have to check. You know, when you look at human, do you love them even if you don't eat meat? If his answer is yes, don't worry. You become a human. But if you like more the cow that's going on the grass in the mountain, not to be killed, but let those humans, shame on them and judging them, are you all day long with the cow? Maybe spend some time with the cow. You know, 30, 40 days, just with the cow. No human. Go there. Go there and just be with the cows. It's beautiful. Because that's where you're going next lifetime, if that's what you like. But if you like human, then stop judging. Just by slaughtering the animal, you're allowed to demand, if the, if the person knows what he's doing, that that human being will reincarnate again. And of course, the knife, when, it's, when he sharp the knife, has to be perfection of how to sharp even the knife. Even when it's slaughter, you have to meditate exactly what you're doing. And you are metaken. You have to meditate that you are metaken. You are fixing. You are fixing everything that that person did. And the Ari continued. Rabbi Chaim Vital. Rabbi Chaim Vital writes it was Thursday. We were sitting with my teacher when we study and we eat. And a goat came and the goat put the two leg on next to my teacher's table. My teacher right away say. Start speaking to the goat language. You know, Rabbi Azikluya spoke all language. And he sent me, Rabbi Chaim Vitali said, Say immediately go buy the goat, whatever the price they ask. And he called Rabbi Moshe Sofenu. He said, Slaughter this goat, even the goat meat is terrible. He said, Slaughter because there is a soul of a human being who wants to reincarnate. And he gave him all the meditation of the knife and everything. And he tell him, What do you do? Elevate the soul in this name, and then the soul can become human being. But Rabbi Chaim Vital didn't stop there. Because he was re'eh. Rabbi Chaim Vital wanted to see. He wanted to know. Not like us who don't want to see. You want to see? Kosher is the first aspect. But kosher like that. But he went to his teacher and said, Teacher, nobody is here. If there is a human and a goat, what happened last lifetime? Was he vegan? What, what, what happened? Excuse me, teacher. Can you tell me, is this person so bad that he would need to become a goat? He said, well, he was actually a spiritual guy. He said, so why goat? He said, because he made love to his wife when the light was on. There's a lot of goat coming from the story I hear from people. So, why? The question, do you want to see? Or you want to stay in the dark? Double meaning. Well, you want to see. You have to turn off something. What is your turn off? Turn off the last. L-U-S-T. 
turn off your desire for oneself alone. When you turn this one off, you turn light on. Everybody likes to turn on the light. Sex, ooh, gotta see how she look. I, I gotta see how we look. Oh, let's enjoy the body, body consciousness. Gym, food, vegan. Now, oh, what about the soul? Well, the soul can wait. No. 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 Gotta take off the soul first. So that's the first thing to have a consciousness of re'eh, to be able to see. What's the second? Second is staka. Charity. Gonna give charity. Especially now, as you start now, as you can see, I'm already wearing the white string. Once you see, we were studying your teacher, Eliyahu, wearing white string from Rabbi Yehuda Ashlag, that's what we made it, then you know you have to start wearing it. At least from Rosh Chodesh Elul till Yom Kippur, that's a minimum. I start reading Tikkun Zohar, study Tikkun Zohar, but you can. So, Tzedakah. What is Tzedakah? Tzedakah is charity. You've got to be generous. As Coming to Elul, be generous. Be out of the box. Generous. Out of the box. Come, charity. I want to buy something. I want to donate more. Look at how can I donate more. I'm not talking about tithing. Of course, that's you have to do 10% of your money after tax. After tax before expenses, you got to do it. But tzedakah is extra. And when you start to do a lot of tzedakah, especially before Rosh Hashanah now, why tzedakah? If you look at the letter of tzedakah, the very interesting letter, and hopefully we can put it in the diagram. You take look at the letter tzaddik. Letter tzaddik has nun, or dalet, and yud, separate from each other. The yud look this way, nun look this way. Not good. Back to back, achor v'achor. Dalet, dalavania. Dalet, dal, min pu. Kuf, the line of the kuf going to the klipa. So those three letters have issues a little bit. But the A is good letter. It's part of the letter from the Yud Kevavke. What is the A? The A is to remind you that the old staka is to go into the malachut. Every time you give charity, every time you help, the malachut, which is the physicality, elevated. And when the physicality elevates, meaning your body, then you can see. Then you can have re'e. If a person is not into giving every day, every day you got to give. I have in my bag coins. So wherever I go, I'm going to give three coins the minimum in the morning. You don't have it. Ask from Debbie. A box of charity. It's called Pushke. Eh, we send it to you. I don't know if we have enough, but we will make for you. You take a box of charity, like we do, and you have a hole. Here it looks like this. You hear that? And there is a hole here in you. You put every day, and you're not allowed to use this money. Not for food, not for nothing. It's not yours. Then you send it. I mean, you can send it to Vital or put it together and then send the check. But it has to be serious. It's every day. There's not such a thing as a day go by without tzedakah, without doing charity. But before Shana, a person has to give something that costs some pain to your wallet, not something that's easy. So if you're worth uh, 500 million, you're looking to give something more than 10%, more than 50 million. If you're worth 17,000, then you have to give more than 1,700, more than the 10%. That's called tzedakah. That's called tzedakah. So to every air, you have to get into two aspects of capability of seeing everything. You got to work on the food you're going to your body, 
and how much of your domain, of your physical domain, how much you truly share with other people and how much you truly uh, uh, give to tzedakah. I'm doubting myself if I want to share the letter. For Shana, I'm going to ask my lovely wife and soulmate, what do you think? Should I add this? It's okay to add this? Okay. My wife says it's okay. So another level of re'eh, and again, I kept it for the end because it's a little bit complicated. How do we get re'eh before the month of Elul? Don't forget, Elul is Saturday night. How do you get re'eh? How do you get to get to this consciousness? Let's say, Met, a Kabbalist, a rabbi, a Hasid, a of Gur. We're talking about like a person who, a rabbi, a human, a tzaddik, a chacham. Every word that came out, just unheard of. So, there is a debate. And again, if you don't study Kabbalah or Hasidut, if you are only Lutva kids, it might be difficult, but please make an effort. So it's like this. It's a letter for Chodesh Elul that uh, um, the Sfatimet write to Rabbi Matil Chaim. Matil Chaim write the letter, and he answered him that he was traveling, that's why he couldn't write the letter, but he said to me, Pnei Kavod, because I respect you, I have to write this letter. And Rosh Chodesh Elul, he say, Rosh Chodesh Elul, as it coming Saturday night, be careful one thing. That's another way of re'eh. So the food, the charity, and consciousness. That's a consciousness. Don't fall asleep spiritually in the month of Elul and coming. Why? Because at that time, heaven is open. It's open. It's open El Adam for human, any human want to reach out to God from Saturday night, everything is open. That's why Re'eh is always preparing you before. Like you want to see, that's what you, you got to start doing. So, so your ratzon, your desire should be focused on that. And when you know, and you need to remember, and you need to be knowledgeable, and that's the most important thing, when you think about to do good, it's come from God. When you think about doing bad, it's come from God. Why I feel to relate it with for you, because I'm giving you blessing and a curse. So I'm giving it to you. I'm giving you the blessing and the curse. I'm giving you the wrong idea of what not to do too, to see if you can overcome it. When you have good idea how to do good for people and how to give charity and all this and that, that's come from God too. It's a gift. And a person is not doing good or bad by himself. There is no good coming from a person himself. It's going to come from the Creator. So now you might have some doubts. So, <laughs> well, what are we doing? Nothing? 
על זה כי עיקר עבודת האדם, הרצון שבו והאדם אשר כל מגמת רצונו לעובדו ישתמש עליו, הוא אומר לו שיעשה מצוות, מעשים טובים כראוי. doubt about the tshuva, doubt about the repentance, doubt about what am I doing spiritually if everything comes from God. He said, well, what was your desire in the morning? When you wake up this morning, do you want to pray to God with all the excitement and desire? Or this morning, you would wish that they call from the synagogue and say, listen, Corona is bad, please don't come. What was your first wish in the morning? If your first wish in the morning... was I wish that the synagogue would be open and I want to pray. Is that wish came from God or from you? According to Father Man, from God. So why am I getting a reward for that? Well, how excited you are when you have that thought in your mind. Are you quickly want to get rid of that excitement and get more excited about the bagel still being open? That's bracha v'kalala, re'eh. You should see I'm giving you blessing and a curse. וכל מה שאדם עושה הוא כיוון שהיה לו בעור מעט יגיע כחודו של מרחם. Yes, you make a bit effort to go to the synagogue. אבל לזה זה עזר לו שמית ברכה פותח לו כפותחה של עולם. So when a person have a little bit desire and excitement when he think about doing something spiritual, let's say somebody came to me and wonderful man building a shul on Pico And they, they were able to raise something like 2.7 million. It's a lot of money. Is this money Is this money you're supposed to give for tithing? Well, there's a lot of matana. I'm not going to go and confuse your brain. There's all kind of alachot. If the money predetermined the goal for something, you're not giving. If it's not, there's a lot of details. But the point, what I'm trying to tell you, Is that person wake up in the morning to ask somebody a question? You can just eliminate that thought of asking and say, yeah, it's my money. Or you can wake up and say, no, it's not. Because that thought came to my mind. I think God put it there. <laughs> If God doesn't help you to want spirituality, you will never make it. That would make you humble. So it says, What does God want from you? What does God want from you? Elul. Elul. What is, what is being expected from us? To understand that nothing really came from us. The Talmud said, in the place where a person wants to walk, God will show him the way. If a person wants to do mitzvah, they help him. If the person wants to do a sin, they help him too. How can that be? Because that's what you choose. That's what your vessel is drawing down. So when you're about to do something good, you have a thought, didn't come from you. Didn't come from you. What about if a negative thing came into your mind, also didn't come from you. So why it's there? To overcome it.
Sometimes you have to overcome a sin, and sometimes you have to be excited about the good thing. That's the re'eh. That's a re'eh, bracha v'klala. Not easy, the last one that I share, but quite important, and I make only a short version of it so everybody can understand. I want to wish you a great week, and we all get the merit to choose blessing from curse, the real blessing of the soul, and through that, we're going to have re'eh. Thank you, all the best.